Chapter Eleven of Characters from Sketches by Boz. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Martin Giessen. Sketches by Boz by Charles Dickens. Illustrations by George Cruikshank. Chapter Eleven of Characters. Making a Night of It. Damon and Pythias were undoubtedly very good fellows in their way the former for his extreme readiness to put in special bail for a friend and the latter for a certain trump-like punctuality in turning up just in the very nick of time scarcely less remarkable many points in their character have however grown obsolete Damon's are rather hard to find in these days of imprisonment for debt except the sham ones and they cost half a crown and as to the pythiasses the few that have existed in these degenerate times have had an unfortunate knack of making themselves scarce at the very moment when their appearance would have been strictly classical if the actions of these heroes however can find no parallel in modern times their friendship can we have damon and pythias on the one hand we have potter and smithers on the other and lest the two last mentioned names should never have reached the ears of our unenlightened readers we can do no better than make them acquainted with the owners thereof mr thomas potter then was a clerk in the city and mr robert smithers was a ditto in the same their incomes were limited but their friendship was unbounded they lived in the same street walked into town every morning at the same hour dined at the same slap bang every day and revelled in each other's company every night they were knit together by the closest ties of intimacy and friendship or as mr thomas potter touchingly observed they were thick and thin pals and nothing but it there was a spice of romance in mr smithers's disposition a ray of poetry a gleam of misery a sort of consciousness of he didn't exactly know what coming across him he didn't precisely know why which stood out in fine relief against the off-hand dashing amateur pickpocket sort of manner which distinguished mr potter in an eminent degree 
the peculiarity of their respective dispositions extended itself to their individual costume mr smithers generally appeared in public in a surtout and shoes with a narrow black neckerchief and a brown hat very much turned up at the sides peculiarities which mr potter wholly eschewed for it was his ambition to do something in the celebrated kiddie or stage-coach way and he had even gone so far as to invest capital in the purchase of a rough blue coat with wooden buttons made upon the fireman's principle in which with the addition of a low-crowned flower-pot saucer-shaped hat he had created no inconsiderable sensation at the albion in little russell street and divers other places of public and fashionable resort mr potter and mr smithers had mutually agreed that on the receipt of their quarter's salary they would jointly and in company spend the evening an evident misnomer the spending applying as everybody knows not to the evening itself but to all the money the individual may chance to be possessed of on the occasion to which reference is made and they had likewise agreed that on the evening aforesaid they would make a night of it an expressive term implying the borrowing of several hours from to-morrow morning adding them to the night before and manufacturing a compound night of the whole the quarter-day arrived at last we say at last because quarter-days are as eccentric as comets moving wonderfully quick when you have a good deal to pay and marvellously slow when you have a little to receive mr thomas potter and mr robert smithers met by appointment to begin the evening with a dinner and a nice snug comfortable dinner they had consisting of a little procession of four chops and four kidneys following each other supported on either side by a pot of the real draught stout and attended by divers cushions of bread and wedges of cheese when the cloth was removed mr thomas potter ordered the waiter to bring in two goes of his best scotch whisky with warm water and sugar and a couple of his very mildest havannas which the waiter did mr thomas potter mixed his grog and lighted his cigar mr robert smithers did the same and then mr thomas potter jocularly proposed as the first toast the abolition of all offices whatever not sinecures but counting-houses which was immediately drunk by mr robert smithers with enthusiastic applause 
so they went on talking politics puffing cigars and sipping whisky and water until the goes most appropriately so called were both gone which mr robert smithers perceiving immediately ordered in two more goes of the best scotch whisky and two more of the very mildest havannas and the goes kept coming in and the mild havannas kept going out until what with the drinking and lighting and puffing and the stale ashes on the table and the tallow grease on the cigars mr robert smithers began to doubt the mildness of the havannas and to feel very much as if he had been sitting in a hackney coach with his back to the horses as to mr thomas potter he would keep laughing out loud and volunteering inarticulate declarations that he was all right in proof of which he feebly bespoke the evening paper after the next gentleman but finding it a matter of some difficulty to discover any news in its columns or to ascertain distinctly whether it had any columns at all walked slowly out to look for the moon and after coming back quite pale with looking up at the sky so long and attempting to express mirth at mr robert smithers having fallen asleep by various galvanic chuckles laid his head on his arm and went to sleep also when he awoke again mr robert smithers awoke too and they both very gravely agreed that it was extremely unwise to eat so many pickled walnuts with the chops as it was a notorious fact that they always made people queer and sleepy indeed if it had not been for the whisky and cigars there was no knowing what harm they mightn't have done em so they took some coffee and after paying the bill twelve and twopence the dinner and the odd tenpence for the waiter thirteen shillings in all started out on their expedition to manufacture a night it was just half-past eight so they thought they couldn't do better than go at half price to the slips at the city theatre which they did accordingly mr robert smithers who had become extremely poetical after the settlement of the bill enlivening the walk by informing mr thomas potter in confidence that he felt an inward presentiment of approaching dissolution and subsequently embellishing the theatre by falling asleep with his head and both arms gracefully drooping over the front of the boxes such was the quiet demeanour of the unassuming smithers 
and such were the happy effects of scotch whisky and havannas on that interesting person but mr thomas potter whose great aim it was to be considered as a knowing card a fast goer and so forth conducted himself in a very different manner and commenced going very fast indeed rather too fast at last for the patience of the audience to keep pace with him on his first entry he contented himself by earnestly calling upon the gentleman in the gallery to flare up accompanying the demand with another request expressive of his wish that they would instantaneously form a union both of which requisitions were responded to in the manner most in vogue on such occasions give that dog a bone cried one gentleman in his shirt-sleeves where have you been a having half a pint of intermediate beer cried a second tailor screamed a third barber's clerk shouted a fourth throw him over roared a fifth while numerous voices concurred in desiring mr thomas potter to go home to his mother all these taunts mr thomas potter received with supreme contempt cocking the low-crowned hat a little more on one side whenever any reference was made to his personal appearance and standing up with his arms akimbo expressing defiance melodramatically the overture to which these various sounds had been an ad libitum accompaniment concluded the second piece began and mr thomas potter emboldened by impunity proceeded to behave in a most unprecedented and outrageous manner first of all he imitated the shake of the principal female singer then groaned at the blue fire then affected to be frightened into convulsions of terror at the appearance of the ghost and lastly not only made a running commentary in an audible voice upon the dialogue on the stage but actually awoke mr robert smithers who hearing his companion making a noise and having a very indistinct notion where he was or what was required of him immediately by way of imitating a good example set up the most unearthly unremitting and appalling howling that ever audience heard it was too much turn them out was the general cry a noise as of shuffling of feet and men being knocked up with violence against wainscoting was heard a hurried dialogue of come out i won't you shall 
i shan't give me your card sir you're a scoundrel sir and so forth succeeded a round of applause betokened the approbation of the audience and mr robert smithers and mr thomas potter found themselves shot with astonishing swiftness into the road without having had the trouble of once putting foot to ground during the whole progress of their rapid descent mr robert smithers being constitutionally one of the slow goers and having had quite enough of fast going in the course of his recent expulsion to last until the quarter-day then next ensuing at the very least had no sooner emerged with his companion from the precincts of milton street than he proceeded to indulge in circuitous references to the beauties of sleep mingled with distant allusions to the propriety of returning to islington and testing the influence of their patent brahmas over the street-door locks to which they respectively belonged mr thomas potter however was valorous and peremptory they had come out to make a night of it and a night must be made so mr robert smithers who was three parts dull and the other dismal despairingly assented and they went into a wine vaults to get materials for assisting them in making a night where they found a good many young ladies and various old gentlemen and a plentiful sprinkling of hackney coachmen and cab drivers all drinking and talking together and mr thomas potter and mr robert smithers drank small glasses of brandy and large glasses of soda until they began to have a very confused idea either of things in general or of anything in particular and when they had done treating themselves they began to treat everybody else and the rest of the entertainment was a confused mixture of heads and heels black eyes and blue uniforms mud and gaslights thick doors and stone paving then as standard novelists expressively inform us all was a blank and in the morning the blank was filled up with the words station house and the station house was filled up with mr thomas potter mr robert smithers and the major part of their wine vault companions of the preceding night with a comparatively small portion of clothing of any kind and it was disclosed at the police office to the indignation of the bench and the astonishment of the spectators how one robert smithers 
aided and abetted by one thomas potter had knocked down and beaten in divers streets at different times five men four boys and three women how the said thomas potter had feloniously obtained possession of five door-knockers two bell-andals and a bonnet how robert smithers his friend had sworn at least forty pounds worth of oaths at the rate of five shillings apiece terrified whole streets full of her majesty's subjects with awful shrieks and alarms of fire destroyed the uniforms of five policemen and committed various other atrocities too numerous to recapitulate and the magistrate after an appropriate reprimand find mr thomas potter and mr robert smithers five shillings each for being what the law vulgarly terms drunk and thirty-four pounds for seventeen assaults at forty shillings a head with liberty to speak to the prosecutors the prosecutors were spoken to and messrs potter and smithers lived on credit for a quarter as best they might and although the prosecutors expressed their readiness to be assaulted twice a week on the same terms they have never since been detected in making a night of it End of chapter 11 of Characters from Sketches by Boz Recording by Martin Geeson in Hazelmere, Surrey